0: Welcome back to New Rockstars. Marvel's Eternals leaves us with many questions. Chief among them, spoiler warning, is there a cleanup service for giant dead baby celestials who poke holes back through the ozone layer? (laughs) What does it mean for the MCU now that Earth is essentially a botched emergence on display? And why might Tiamat have wanted to die? This is the question we'll be talking about this week on Inside Marvel. It's our weekly deep dive into the biggest Marvel news and updates and questions you're curious about. I'm Eric Voss, here with, as
1: always, MT. Eric, there's a baby inside the planet and you, you almost got out, Eric. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I, the yeah, I noticed <laughs> that. I, noticed,
0: like, I felt like the tidal wave that would have resulted from that drown me living ah. in a coastal area. I thought that was a bit
1: weird (laughs) when I drowned to death
0: (laughs) and the earth's crust basically dematerialized. Uh, you know, when earth got knocked off its gravity by having a giant dead (laughs) robot baby hand poke through. I mean,
1: it's just, you know, it's a little bit more weight than usual. It's just fine. Totally fine.
0: I, I love this. I I mean the, the that wide shot that is now like in trailers that uh, that Marvel right? is releasing because they love this shot so much. It's so cool. Um, it's so It cool. looks amazing. It so was like cool. What? <laughs> Um, well, in the days leading up to Eternals, I teased that this movie would be, quote, groundbreaking, Mm. redefine what world building means, changing the face of the MCU, (laughs) end with a giant celestial hatching through the planet. Oh, maybe I should have said that. But had terms like that not been such cinema cliches, they would have been spoilers, because now the Earth in the MCU is just basically left with the corpse of a celestial Tiamat jutting out of the Indian Ocean. So... Does this doom the planet? in infinite other ways. Mm. And did Tiamat want this to happen to him? I'm gonna make some interesting arguments and I wanna hear your thoughts on MT. Okay, okay. But there is a brand new latest obsession shirt inspired by Eternals that you can get at newrockstarsmerch.com. It's called the Immortal Unity shirt, and it has this super cool art deco design. And this is a limited edition shirt, so you gotta grab one quick before it runs out. They also have a second Eternals inspired design at the shop with a Celestials look Mm. to it. Only get these shirts and other great original designs inspired by Loki, Shang-Chi, The Mandalorian, and other properties you love at NewRockStarsMerch.com. But MT, what's our big question this week?
1: Well, Eric, uh, can't get a bigger question than this. Uh, What is going on with Tiamat's big-ass, giant, ass corpse um, at the end of Eternals? (laughs) what just happened and what happens for the future of mcu earth like what happens now
0: (laughs) could not have worded it better myself mt i think that's what everyone was asking as they walked out of the movie because one of the big twists in eternals of course is that earth was actually all this time a gestation pod for a Mm -hmm. celestial seed of the dreaming celestial timet who feeds off the life force of intelligent life on the planet this comes from the eternals volume 4 series in 2008 in which it is revealed that Tiamat has been sleeping underneath surface of the earth and rises up from under nearby San Francisco and just kind of stands there in Marin County as <laughs> everyone driving down Lombard Street is like, huh, what's what? going on? Huh? <laughs>
1: ah! Is that a giant man? Oh my God.
0: Tiamat, to his credit, decides against destroying earth because he grew fond of humanity and wants to just to be judged by its own standards. Ain't that nice? But you could also see some parallels to more recent comics in 2018 where Loki reveals that another celestial named the Progenitor Mm. came to Earth to die and has been decaying underground for 4 billion years, his bodily fluids leaking into the soil and really being the cause of Earth's superhuman abilities springing up. Uh, Loki actually calls him Father of the Avengers and Mm. his corpse lay resting at the bottom of the Arctic Ocean near the North Pole and other celestials coming to claim the corpse actually give it to the Avengers to serve as their new head. Headquarters. Mm.
1: Ooh, I hope so.
0: so oh. Well, in this movie's final act Cersei figures out how to boost her transfiguration abilities to transform Tiamat's golden body into white marble seeming to kill the Celestial based on the light in his eyes flickering out and then she and Makari deduce that Tiamat must have linked with their uni-mind in order to allow this to happen Mm -hmm. so it could be that Tiamat, as in the 2008 comics, was really fond of the Earth Eternals and of humanity and didn't want his birth to lead to their destruction which Mm -hmm. is a pretty profound sentiment from a newborn and implies <laughs> is that he must have been sentient and uh, having some kind of empathy long before the emergence to have his mind made up to make this decision. So mm. I wonder what would have changed Tiamat's mind from the basic instinct of self-preservation and going along with Eresham's plan to this self-sacrifice for the greater good of basically the specks on his eggshell. Mm. Well, I think it is possible that Tiamat would have been inspired by the self-sacrifice of Avengers, like Iron Man. Vision, Black Widow, etc. Seeing Tony Stark kill himself to take out Thanos and allow Earth's population to surge back, tragically unknowingly giving Tiamat enough energy to hatch, might have broken Tiamat's heart and made him think that what Ajak concluded, essentially, that these humans are different, that they have evolved to a level of cosmic wisdom that makes them worthy of preserving for the
1: good of the universe. Mm.
0: Do you think this could have been why Tiamat made that decision? What do you think was running through Tiamat's mind as he was dying empty.
1: i i like how you say tiamat's mind because i think that this is where the the answer lies it lies within us as beings because we learn in eternals that you know basically tiamat is the energy the mind and life force energy essentially of human beings it's all of us and really? so because tiamat is the dreaming celestial in the comics i have this weird feeling that this entire time all of our lives have been tiamat's dream and like we are all you know part of his life like we are tiamat so like if if tiamat were to emerge from the planet we would all instantly be become part of tiamat like we are tiamat like that's like he's sort of like we are Groot it's like we are tiamat like himself and so he decided he didn't like die he would decided to stay he decided to go back to sleep so that we could so he could continue dreaming through our lives is what I'm thinking.
0: Wow, MT, you just blew my mind. <laughs> this is why I love talking about Marvel stuff with you because you got the right mind for this kind of thing. I'm crazy, <laughs> Reminded me how in eighth grade, I think I tweeted about this recently, uh, our eighth grade, I went to Catholic school. So uh, weirdly in Catholic school, you one of your classes that you get graded on is religion, mm. <laughs> your level of theological I went to Bible school from
1: grade 5 to 12, so you're talking to the right yeah,
0: guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it it's kind of a weird setup when you think about it, because all these little kids who are trying to figure out how the world works just asks this like teacher who is, like, has lots of different skill sets and is also trying to teach us, like, math and algebra and, like, (laughs) English composition, basic theology and spirituality and metaphysics. So at some point, our teacher blew our minds and freaked us all out and said, uh, you know, we're like, well, what if we have friends who aren't baptized Christian uh, or, like... You know, who had never had a chance to be baptized, or we have family members who are of a different religion, or we marry someone of a different religion. Does that mean when we go to heaven, we're not going to see them? And our teacher says, um, you know what? You. She was from Chicago. She's like, you know what? You don't have to worry about that. Uh, when when you become part of God, uh, we're all just going to be so in love with God, and we're going to become part of God, and you're just not going to care about anything else. And we're all like, ah, what? Ah. And everyone just had panic attacks at our little tiny awkward desk. And we're like, ah, ah, And what you described is essentially that same idea of like once we die, our entire existence souls get transmuted into this larger form that has been basically feeding off of our life force and become part of something greater and get recycled into the new uh, order of the universe. I mean, what Airstream said was terrifying, but it's kind of beautiful in a way.
1: Yeah, man, like, if that was all... That's essentially all Eternals was about. It's about the redistribution of energy. And that's what the Celestials were doing when they are you know, seeding these planets. So, it just makes sense to me that, like, we are yeah. Tiamat's dream. And he just wanted to keep... He just wanted to go back to sleep. And that's what he did. But
0: I, but I think, ultimately... Tiamat made a choice there, mm-hmm. though, that defied what Erishim wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Erishim wanted Tiamat basically to move on and join the pantheon of other uh, Celestials and building new sections of the multiverse and the universe right. or whatever. Uh, but Tiamat's like, no, I, I still want to stay part of this. Like, he, his loyalty shifted. Mm-hmm. So something about, like, humanity and about the Eternals... Um, made Tiamat want to stay nestled and connected to the physical parts of the planet.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, it all boils down to human beings as a species. I think, like, there's something about us, like, maybe it's our capacity for love, it's a capacity for compassion that, you know, mm-hmm. Tiamat sees, that he's just like, you know what, I'm not going to get this anywhere else. Like, this is unique, and so I'm going to stay here, versus, you know, other planets probably aren't as, you know cool as us i mean the, granted yeah. these stories are written by biased hu- human people so obviously right, it's gonna right. be like that um but yeah it's i think that's sort of just like when, when the celestials you know go through the eternals memories um in the future i um, in future installments i think they're going to find out that the Eternals didn't kill him he stopped the the birth and he's going to find mm. they're going to find out that through humanity's like you know experiences that they are special amongst all of all of life in the universe so they're gonna spare us gonna be like all right this is weird we're gonna see how this turns out uh and also maybe mutants
0: (laughs) and i and i wonder what that thing will be what is that x factor and is Mm. it is it uh, a self-sacrifice uh that defies darwinian nature right like Mm. uh like because that's kind of the big debate between infinity war and endgame right Mm. we don't trade lives that was uh captain america's big thesis statement and then that was tested at the end of infinity war and then at the end he literally goes oh god like that to me was kind of the thesis and then endgame was almost the antithesis of that where they do trade lives in it. Tony Stark Mm. says it's okay to trade lives so long as it is our own. And that's Mm. the same choice that Black Widow makes. It's kind of like, I mean, you could boil it down to uh, justification for suicide. I don't think that's what they're saying here, obviously. Mm. But there is a sacrifice play to make. And I think that is fundamental to the human capacity for love is even when it's not in your your personal best interest, there is Mm. like a competing... A spiritual pull that tugs all of us in off of cliffs sometimes no. uh, into these cr- insane leaps of faith uh, to reach out and put someone else in front of our own self-interest. I don't know if that is shared amongst Asgardians because they can dive into a battle and not walk away with a scar. Um, <laughs> do Cree have that Sentiment? No, they have this insane supreme intelligence that works out algorithms for what the right move is. Right. Uh, humanity, I don't know. We're we're pretty awful critters, probably in in oh, the grand yeah. scheme of things. But there <laughs> is that kind of crazy function that is uh, universal amongst cultures on this planet that maybe that's what Tiamat is tapping I into.
1: think you literally nailed it right there. It's, 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 a, it's sort of an anomaly to the Celestials who are all about, you know, observing these creatures that are fighting for survival. And, like, here we are, you know, obviously we don't have it all together. We're kind of stupid, but we are working together. There is this bond right. that allows us to excel. And that's essentially what the Avengers are. It's a team of people coming together... Yeah to do the things that, you know, they they couldn't be done otherwise. And so that is what makes us special. You don't see Avengers on other planets. I mean, as of now, maybe in the future. right? You see Um, the
0: Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of that. But I think like... I think there is an argument here uh, that maybe this is, like, to put someone else's interest before your own, it's still Darwinian. It's still, like, reproduction-based because you're you're protecting your young. But I think this Eternals movie poses an interesting question. The Eternals that we see on Earth do not reproduce. Mm. They feel an affection, something that is beyond your genes just trying to replicate themselves in an offspring. That is anti-Darwinian in nature Mm. to just care for something beyond them being connected to your bloodline and your genealogy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we see that. We we see like instincts of couples who want to adopt children. Like Mm -hmm. we have something in our biology that when we hear a crying baby, even if it's not our own child, it it scares us to our core that something mm. must be done. You know, it right. it's like nails on a chalkboard almost for us because it's like <gasps> something is wrong with nature right now. Someone right. must do something. <laughs> maybe it's me. You know. Um, so yeah, there's there's mm. something to our DNA that Darwin doesn't even have answers for, and. Um, this movie starts to ask that question. It's one of the reasons I, I really like this movie.
1: Chloe Zhao, you did it. You killed it, girl. You killed it. I'm
0: not saying those answers are found in the Bible, but maybe in <laughs> the new "In the Beginning" uh, scroll of this movie, that's could be where the answers. Um, are. The answers are. I don't in- think in- that's, that, book. there's going to be any new religions formed after the E-Turtles film. Maybe in some circles. Um, you
1: would be surprised. I think there's probably an Eresham church probably being formed right now on a Facebook group or something. Who knows? We will see.
0: Um, but, empty. we should also discuss the consequences of what the hell happens now with Tiamat's corpse. Mm. We know what happened with Jesus's corpse. A lot of religions were formed out of that. Absolutely. Yes. But that final shot of Tiamat's white marble is just massive. It's almost mm. like... I mean, make fun of me if you want, but it's like Christ on a cross-esque. Like, it's just so like,
1: oh my god. It kind of looks like it's going to be painted in
0: murals, on frescoes, and and crazy temples of whatever new religion is formed on Earth. For real,
1: though. Like, it's honestly, I I just feel like everyone's minds are just broken after this. Like, I, I cannot wait to see. The public reaction. I want to see Scott Lang's reaction in particular. Because uh, he's going to be like, wow, that's pretty big. I, I wonder if I, I can get that big. Who knows? Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, both times when I saw this in a theater, that shot, you could hear a pin drop. And
1: mm-hmm. uh, you also could
0: hear, like, every divorced man in the 60s in Colorado being like, there's no curve on the earth. <laughs> uh, but but uh, let's just, like, just kind of problem. break down the physics of this. Because Tiamat's fingers are towering high into Earth's stratosphere. Such a shift would cause mm. devastating shifts to our ecosystem, tectonic disturbances worldwide. Like it's not like the crust and the mantle are made of marble as well. It would just be okay with this uh, different <laughs> material <laughs> just now part of it like massive tsunamis tidal shifts would flood most coastal cities global temperature fluctuations for the ways marble reflects light and absorbs heat Ooh. it's all different that's all gonna get screwed up potentially a shift in the planet's freaking gravity like you also have to wonder how things deep in the earth's core would have have to have been displaced for timet to rise up like it's not like the bedrock right above him would sink Because he is now bursting through that. Like, would have to cave in someplace else in order to give him room to rise. So, like, is there, like, a big fucking sinkhole in Australia right now? (laughs) I just think this leaves Earth in such a wrecked state that I just don't see how Marvel Studios doesn't reset everything with a multiverse reboot that erases this from existence in a warped reset universe. Because it just poses too many continuity problems for any other MCU story to occur without making at least a bit of reference to the giant celestial corpse ruining the environment (laughs) jutting out of the Indian Ocean it's a global phenomenon potentially greater than the blip which you could just say it's like magic brought everyone back and then people are awkward now because there's more people but it's just gonna be weird if like in Hawkeye if in Miss Marvel Moon Knight She-Hulk multiverse of madness uh uh, wakanda forever if people are not talking about this and i don't think every one of these titles is gonna want to go back to this one plot point from eternals like Mm -hmm. i I, you could argue this is similar to Ego's celestial goo in missouri but like when he died it kind of was implied that like that evaporated plus it's just one small town in missouri like how often do the rest of the world think about missouri (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that it gets missouri it's just one small there was one dairy queen in a couple blocks that got wiped out there
1: r.i.p dairy queen that was a franchise that was going on for a while they were in they were on in the 80s so r.i.p that franchise
0: <laughs> now i don't think the avengers will end up using team its corpse as their new hq just because i think yeah that would have forced all future avengers movies to set their events around this set piece and to narratively justify it to spend lines of dialogue spend vfx budget on it etc etc cetera. Et cetera. Um, so I think it's just more likely that it might invite other cosmic scavengers to come check it out. Like, you know, the way Nowhere's severed celestial head became a mining colony for the collector Tannelier Tavon. But, Absolutely. you know, Tiamat is just all marble now. I don't even know if there's really any anatomical material to scavenge. It's just essentially a statue of a celestial.
1: Well, I mean, we don't know what it looks like underneath the planet. Like, maybe it's just the top that's marble. Like, we don't know. And like, maybe You're like- You're right, but like fine.
0: we see its eyes flickering out. It's kind of like her ability to transfigure it seems like it goes deeper than skin deep. Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pie People, Influences and Experiences.
1: Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know ya at a deeper level be who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely.
0: We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. Because then he could just be like, and like break off the ice and just be like, all right, where were we? Oh, yes. Bye, Mongolia. Bye-bye, Tanzania. Oh, see you later, anymore. South America.
1: I mean, I'd be happy with the debt relief, man. Hey, if Tiamat comes in and destroys <laughs> the planet, that's free debt. No debt anymore. No more debt.
0: I guess that's true. That is one way at looking at a global catastrophe.
1: <laughs> but no, I think that, you know, one of the biggest reasons why tiamat is so big um at the end of this movie and like why they made him this huge figure jutting out of the ocean i think it's because it the whole world needs to understand why mutants are coming like when the mutants come people need to Mm. understand that the who the celestials are and like that they are not alone in the universe and that there's this huge genetic plan for them and so i think that this is marvel's way of getting everyone um on the world on the same page eventually for like what mutants are but but i think
0: if it was about mutants like we would have had some tease in this movie at the existence of mutant kind genealogically mm. like this movie clearly was not at all interested with establishing mutants in the mcu I think like they many did think, that in a very just, like
1: subtle way with uh with the whole apex predator stuff i think that that's what yeah. they're doing with the deviants and all that um sort of like establishing like all right like the celestials very much have like you know human evolution um in terms of like predators and like humanity being able to defend themselves on their mind. So I think that, you know, with Tiamat um, doing what he did, maybe this is what triggers the mutant gene and like the mutant gene is what is like sort of Tiamat's way of protecting the people that he loves. I don't know. I just said See, a lot of words. I think words. that's <laughs> an
0: interesting, it's an interesting theory for sure. MT. I, I just don't like, it requires us to do some guesswork based off of things that are not in the movie, as opposed mm. to guesswork of things that are in the movie. And, uh, and don't get wrong. We here at new rock stars do that all the time. <laughs> and we probably will make many videos about this in the future. Um, But I'm just saying like, it wouldn't be that hard if this movie could include a flash of something that looked like a scroll, you know, Mm. uh, and include like little jokes about vampires. Couldn't they include something like, and sometimes even in humanity, uh, powers spring up in places we didn't expect or in that Mm. whole montage of things that, you know, the way Arishim builds these worlds, at some point you just see a human that kind of looks like apocalypse a little Mm. bit, you know, like, Or somewhere in ancient Egypt or ancient Samaria, there's just some evidence of like people discussing rumors of some other entity that existed. I just think that their goal is like, look, this earth is gonna get warped anyway after our House of M event. So let's just yeah, let's just wreck the sandbox. Who cares?
1: Well, I, I I personally hope that they just keep that there. I think this, we should just have that <laughs> celestial and just make the Marvel Cinematic Universe that just wild and different than any of anything else.
0: It is crazy, I'll give you that. <laughs> and if they decide to keep it there, they are bound to build a division of Disneyland and Disney World that is just Tiamat Land. Yes. And you can you have a big roller rink as we talked about. There's a ride <laughs> that takes you through Tiamat's eyes are like, you're in Tiamat's brain and all the weird fantasies he had. Like, that is so big and crazy. That'd we all so need to be fun. able to visit it.
1: That'd be so much fun. I want Tiamat finger slides. I want to be able to slide down the thumb. Yeah. It'd be so funny.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to discuss whether Fastos' bracelets could be connected to the Ten Rings, as well as an exclusive interview with Sprite actor Leah McHugh at the oh, end of this episode. But first... You are probably a busy person, so stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and built to work together from breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts. Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, and play, or wherever your day takes you. Uh, they have a whole series of ace sweatshirts that fit great and look nice enough to wear to an office, if you're into that kind of thing, while also being great for wearing around town or while exercising. It's nice to have a closet full of things that all go together and you don't have to waste time thinking about it. Those are minutes you get back to use for more fun stuff. Buy sometime this season with the Mac Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit macweldoncom Marvel and enter promo code Marvel. That's Mack Weldon dot com slash marvel promo code marvel for 20% off mac weldon radically efficient wardrobing also we all sometimes lose sleep binging a a show, but you shouldn't lose any sleep because of a bad mattress. Well, Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress and I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleepcom inside marvel. Take their two minute sleep quiz and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for a 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel. All right, MT, back to Eternals. Uh, Do you think the
1: bracelets that Fastos made
0: could be connected in some way to the Ten Rings of Wenwu in the Shang-Chi film.
1: I, I don't think that they, they're they in particularly connected to the Ten Rings in terms of, like, origin or anything. I think that, like, you know, they are similar in the sense that, like, they both are conduits for cosmic energy. But I think for the most part, you know, the, the Ten Rings are probably this, like, really, really, like, out there, super old, predates the universe, probably, artifact um, that is so has something to do with like these interdimensional beings like you know the dweller in darkness so mm-hmm. i think like that in like we know that in the post credit scene that wong is like we've never seen this element before this is not something that exists um th- that we know about so um if a sorcerer is saying this who has the uh, knowledge of multiple dimensions i have this feeling that it's probably not native to this universe um so i think that you know fasto's stuff is probably native to here whereas the ten rings are probably native to um somewhere um another dimension but what do you think
0: yeah i think you're right mt i think this um realistically is just an example of um a production design across marvel titles in which they didn't really compare notes and then there are these Mm. you know parallel looking props that seem like they could be connected because they functionally are are, you know they at least look similar but remember eternals was supposed to come out before shang chi Right, uh, a couple months right. before so um i think originally this thing wasn't going to seem like that big a deal and then shang chi was going to come out and be this entirely different game changer uh and we might not have asked this question had they come out in the original order um the only link i could see is because all of fastos's tech is linked back to the celestials they all are kind of connected through this uh this tether of cosmic energy and Whatever his power is, it is like, you know, it's basically the form of this golden cosmic glow that comes from the Celestials. I guess it is possible that tangentially the Ten Rings could come from the Celestials in some way. Um, but I think you are right. I think these rings are beaconing something from another dimension as opposed to something in this universe. Uh, I think it would be too simple if uh, if it was just the Celestials that were being summoned by the by the 10 rings um yeah maybe that is the case maybe we'll regret these words later on <laughs> i honestly hope that like what is summoning them is something from battle world or you know dr mm-hmm. doom i i want the fifth avengers movie to be secret wars i was oh, hoping too, the the dane whitman opening the box the voice could have been something from beyond that was recruiting him to to join the new avengers lineup but just because all their power scales are getting so radically different you know, we have street level warriors, we have gods now. Mm-hmm. The only equalizer is to bring them all to battle World on Absolutely. this weird plane that is designed for them to have kind of like more equal strengths. Uh, and until we get that common destination, I think we're going to feel a little uneasy about what everyone's relative powers are. Mm-hmm. Um, including this question of, like, well, then, what are the, how powerful are the 10 rings, uh, relatively speaking to the other things we've seen? So mm. I think as soon as they just announce. Russo Brothers, Confirmed to Direct, Avengers 5, Secret Wars. All of our questions are going to be answered, and we're going to be very excited. Until then, I don't think we can say that uh, Fastos' rings are uh, technically related to the Ten Rings, just because it was explicitly said in in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings that these things predated Fastos' invention in the modern era facing Tiamat and facing the Celestials.
1: But hey, um, there's a good chance that Fastos' technology may have gotten into the 10 rings organization uh that probably most sure. definitely happened
0: <laughs> yeah hell yeah that guy has a lot of regrets a lot of oh, blood yeah. on his hands Oof, yeah yep.
1: you're f- up fast <laughs> yeah.
0: i wanted to ask you about this mt given that hmm. sama hayek we just learned actually signed a multi-picture deal with marvel studios right. do you think ajak or really any of the other dead eternals might be resurrected or rebooted in some way in
1: a future film Absolutely. That is what this film is teasing and I'm so excited because I have this very huge feeling that the Shi'ar Imperial Guard in, of uh you know the X-Men comics, very impo- uh very popular um alien race, the Shi'ar uh-huh. Imperial Guard is probably going to be all Eternals and that little uh Clark Kent uh Easter egg that we got in Eternals is probably a nice little allusion towards a future um appearance of Gladiator, the Shi'ar. Wow um leader of the imperial guard and gladiator his name is Clark, which was a play on clark kent in the comics so i think that and he has a cape and everything so i think that we're going to see richard madden as a uh purple uh gladiator man with the shiar and the eternals are probably going to go head to head with these uh very superpowered people and it's going to be this weird like justice league versus justice league scenario that i really hope that's going to happen but uh yeah i think that you know we're going to see uh Richard Madden again as Gladiator. We're probably going to see uh, what happened with Minerva in Captain Marvel 1, because Minerva, mm. um, as we know, is played by the same actress that plays Cersei. So I think that there's going to be a canonical reason why these two look the same. And we're gonna mm-hmm. find out that Minerva did not have any idea that she was an Eternal, and her name is Minerva, which is a you know Greek type of name in on Earth. Or so- oh, I think
0: Minerva is the Roman version of Athena
1: yes right So, in um, roman mythology roman. yeah there those are hints right there of like all right we're gonna learn uh, what's a, uh cersei is probably gonna get those memories of minerva when she goes to probably what we were assuming is the world's forge um and yeah she's probably gonna learn about this whole Cree life and the her past lives maybe the shiar version of um of uh, her as well um but yeah we're gonna see all these people come up as aliens alien versions of these characters but
0: i love you had a lot of great thoughts there mt especially this <laughs> idea of i yeah i think it would be uh a shame if that is the last we see of icarus in the mcu just flying into the sun. i want to see him pop out the other end of the sun right uh in this form that you mentioned or any other form um i think sama hayek as ajak is is fascinating in that she was a prime eternal who did remember a lot from like she mentioned i've followed erishem for for millennia you know uh for millions of years actually no i think she said not millennia millions of years which you know that's more than seven thousand. so she remembers the past worlds uh and that's just something as the prime eternal i think when she was killed her consciousness might have gone back to the world's forge and she Mm. might be kind of this uh this librarian for the Celestials, uh, this kind of narrator, this kind of disembodied supreme intelligence within the World Forge. Uh, and yeah, I, I also like the idea that the robotic, the, the sexy robots uh, of the Eternals <laughs> that we've been following on Earth, I would hope that there are original versions of them that these carbon copies were based on, and maybe right. we get to meet Ajax, the original Ajax, you know, and the way that, because we're still figuring out how Eros and Thanos are kind of connected to this right. process um but we have a, a family tree video coming out uh, a little bit hey, later hey, that hey. hopefully we'll clear it up for you we want to thank some more people who helped us make this episode guys there's nothing sexier than confidence and blue chew can help give you confidence where it counts blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost you can take them anytime date or night so you can plan ahead be ready for whenever an opportunity arises the process is simple sign up at blue chew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days and the best part it's all done online no visits to the doctor's office no awkward conversations no waiting in line at the pharmacy bluetooth tablets are made in the usa and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform blue chew can help you and we've got a special deal for our listeners try blue chew free when you use our promo code inside marvel at checkout just pay the five dollars in shipping that's blue promo code inside marvel to receive your first month free visit blue for more details and important safety information and we thank blue chew for sponsoring the show also we want to thank ButcherBox for sponsoring us when it comes to meat quality matters. And when you invest in high quality meat from ButcherBox, the benefits go way beyond a great tasting meal. ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken or wild-caught seafood, whatever. I like a nice piece of beef and ButcherBox has great quality grass-fed steaks. Their sirloins have the distinctive flavor you get from just the really best beef. Every month, ButcherBox will ship a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home. Each box contains between eight to 14 pounds of meat, depending on your box type. That's enough for 24 individual meals. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. Skip the lines for your Thanksgiving turkey. This holiday, ButcherBox is proud to give new members a free turkey. Just go to butcherbox.com marvel to sign up. That's butcherbox.com slash Marvel to receive a free turkey in your first box. Gobble, gobble. All right, MT, I feel like you're the guy to ask about this. Why can the Eternals of Titan, including Alars, Thanos, Eros, seem to be able to reproduce, but the Eternals on Earth cannot? What is the difference between the Eternals here?
1: No, that's a really good question. And I think that the solution here might lie in uh, Cersei's powers of, you know, being able to transmute um, a Deviant into a tree. And was she was able to make um sprite into a normal human person that can age? So I think that you know whatever that power is is what um Alars and Suisan um Thanos and Eros parents use to you know sort of bypass this thing and like make human children, whereas you know they themselves may not have been human um themselves. So Mm. um yeah, in the comics this sort of happens in a different way through the use of the quantum bands, which are you know these little. Marriage sized versions of the uh, quantum bands that Quasar uses to get his powers that was given Mm. to Alars and Suisan by uh, Kronos, uh, Alars' father, to be able Mm -hmm. to have children. So, um, you know, if I think that there's a similar or maybe um, a similar ish cosmic energy at play here that is making, um, that, that was able to make Thanos and Eros. People, real human boys.
0: I mean, I think that's an interesting explanation. I think it's also just possible that, like, the way Erisham designed Sprite to already be a child, like, Erisham mm-hmm. uh, could have uh, designed Alars, sui Thanos, and Eros already in place. Like, there wasn't mm-hmm. an actual normal reproduction process that happened. They were just, like, designed this way as a preset family, the way Wanda just kind of, like, designed. Her nuclear family, and there was never any sex happening between her and Vision that we know about, (laughs) at least not like you know successful conception. Like there might have been some naughty, naughty soaking.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's the best vibrator you can have as a Vision. (laughs) That's what I. I mean, arguably
0: that is mostly what he is for. Yes.
1: That's why Ultron made him to be the like that episode
0: pleasing. eight moment where she assembled all of Westview it was really just an ad for Adam and Eve at the end of it. <laughs> Do not sponsor this episode, but we still like partnering with them. Um, so funny. Yeah, I think it's just one of these things that like things can be created already in adult form in a family structure form, however they need to be able to trick those people and to trick the native population into. Uh, and going along with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the question is, were all the people who we saw on Titan in the background, were they all eternals? I don't mm. think so. I wonder if just the bloodline of Alars, uh, Thanos and Eros and Suisan were the only eternals on that planet, and that's why Thanos and Eros were able to survive the whatever the apocalyptic conditions of Titan.
1: Hmm. That would make a lot of sense because, you know, if you're an eternal person, then food source shortages and all that stuff don't really apply to you. Like, you can just right, yeah. leave. So I yeah. mean,
0: yeah, I kind of want to know what's going on uh, biologically with them. Like, they bleed, they eat food, they drink mm. liquor, it has an effect on them. But, like, so I guess the idea is, like, they're robots, but they still, like, uh, from under a microscope, it still looks like flesh, right? I would mm. imagine. It's just the way they were made was not through... You know, sperm cell into an egg cell from forms. Of, you know, but but that da- da- nine months later, baby comes out. The baby I want the MCU and, you know.
1: to release the the night of conception between Alars and Sui San, so I yeah. can figure out what's going on. All right.
0: Yeah, you've you've already taken baby steps, little right? baby steps, by showing a sex scene. There was thrusting.
1: You can Yo, let's show get the us full, everything. um, you know, uh, I can't say that P word. The B-Hub upload. Okay. Let's get the full <laughs> upload.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, shift gears here. Uh, what's our final question we're going to talk about this episode,
1: MT? All right. So here's a good question. Why did Erishim design Sprite to be a child? Because this person is yes. cursed to be eternally a child. And that's not cool. That's not what you do. Yeah.
0: That is kind of the question we've been asking. Actually... Our buddy Philip Molina had a chance to sit down with mm. Leah McHugh herself to ask this question. Let's take a look. A lingering question for me is, what do you think the answer is to why Erishem made Sprite a child?
1: I mean, I don't know if Erishem really is right about everything. I mean, you sort of witness that when you watch the movie. Um, the, the Eternals question him sometimes. And I think it's sort of up to the audience to decide whether or not, I mean, erishim's choice was right. I think that the Eternals were meant to represent all of humanity, different you know, countries, different people, different powers. So I think having a child in the mix is part of that, but I don't know whether or not his decision was right or wrong. <laughs>
0: I got you. Well, your character definitely hates it.
1: <laughs> well, it's good for me because I got to play the
0: character as a kid. Yeah. Oh, so. ah, mm-hmm. good scoop from Mr. M. Um, nice. Yeah. I uh, Fascinating to hear Leah talk about this. I, you know, I, I think. Uh, one criticism with the movie is just with the character Sprite, uh, nothing against Liam McHugh's performance. It's a very difficult character to play because you're basically playing a th- 7,000 year adult trapped in the body of a child. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of asking like what Kirsten Dunst said to pull off with Interview with a Vampire. Um, very difficult character to pull off. Um, but I think the way that character was written that there might've just been a disconnect with some viewers because that is a character that like, and I think all the actors really in the cast struggled with this a little bit, that kind of profoundness. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, Druig as Barry Keoghan uh, or Kilgen. Uh, I keep hearing disputing the evidence. I think he is one actor in the cast who really seemed to get that kind of anger that someone would have. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani, surprisingly, really pulled off that questioning of like, wait, uh, is it okay that we kill a god? Are we dooming corners of the universe <laughs> by trying to kill a god? Right. Um You just want someone on film to ask the questions, either implicitly or explicitly, that you have while you're watching it. And if they can ask it half a second before you ask it, that's how you know the scene is well-written, you know? Mm. If a character cries half a second before you cry, it's like they, you know, or half a second after maybe. You want them to ask the the subtext half a second before they want you to cry half a second after you've cried,
1: I think. Somebody's half gotta time. cry, basically. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. Next week, Inside Marvel will actually shift into our weekly after show for Hawkeye. Hey, hey, hey,
1: Hailey Steinfeld season is here. That's right.
0: Be sure to tune in for our Hawkeye preview episode. And we want to hear from you guys. Is it what's going to be our what the if? Is it going to be like, what the hawk? Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to know. <laughs> we wanna know, send us your thoughts on what you want our vi- like our question format to be. Also, we got some great news for folks that wanna discuss some of the topics we cover on Inside Marvel, but be part of an inner community of nerds. Our new Rockstars Discord server is now open for the public. We have made some channels available for non-patrons, so you can be part of the broader community of New Rockstars fans on Discord. Of course, we would love it if you could still support us on Patreon, but if you just wanna join some parts of the conversation, still be part of our Discord community, we welcome you to join it. Uh, as long as you are over 18, that is uh, that is the rule there, You uh, and if you're interested to be part of this, all you gotta do is just go to Discord, search for the New Rockstars Discord server. We are now uh, findable through just the general search thing. We're so excited, and you can join our conversation there. Uh, and don't forget to check check out our many great merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com. Follow me at Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching and we'll see you next week to talk Mm -hmm. about Hawkeye. Bye-bye.